Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In game line. But why do you think it is most likely that the Memphis Grizzlies will keep their season alive? They're going to go with the superstar player. In John Morant, I think he's the type okay. of person that can take over a game, and I think put them in a position to to win that. I think your point about Popovich being a real advantage does happen over over series and over the course of an entire playoff set of games. Catch the program every single day on the Sports Grid Network. Betting around the rim. I feel bad for Phoenix because if the Suns weren't playing the Lakers, I was taking the Suns to come out of the West. I love favorites under three points, especially at home that have solid home records. Two and a half. It's down to two right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook. I think this is one of my best bets of the day. I think Phoenix wins this game by double digits today. The Sports Grid Network. Sports today here on Sports Grid. It is Monday, May 24, 2021. Great to be with you here on SportsGrid.com, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Davis Maddock, noon to 2 Eastern every day as we break down fantasy sports, wagering, and of course, covering all things baseball, football, basketball. And Davis beginning with golf today here on the show as Phil Mickelson was the story of the sports weekend, without a doubt, I think overshadowing the NBA playoffs, of course, overshadowing some baseball, and making it feel pretty good for guys like me that there are actually athletes out there that are older than me that can perform at a very high level and win championships. And so I think it was one for the old guys yesterday, and good to see Phil win that PGA championship. Uh, It was amazing to see Phil win the PGA Championship, I thought, you know, heading into this event, he was 171st on tour in strokes gained tee to green. So basically, you know, for the uninitiated in golf statistics, that means he wasn't playing very well. Uh, That meant that he wasn't giving himself a ton of birdie opportunities, basically was kind of playing like a borderline tour pro. But I think if you're Phil Mickelson, that makes sense. You know, Phil Mickelson is is independently wealthy. He has so many sponsorship deals. He has had this illustrious golf career. It's probably hard for him to, you know, give it a, a full go at, you know, the, the Heritage Invitational or whatever. But when it comes to a major championship, we do see Phil, you know, give it his go. And also, I think the course definitely played to his skill set you know we we didn't know what this course was going to play like it hasn't played a major championship since 2012 it was a really difficult course the wind made a lot of the holes you know super problematic um 17 which was a par three over water claimed a bunch of guys rounds and and phil just played it perfectly right he was putting his irons exactly where he wanted them he had that monster 366 yard drive on the par 5 16th that he followed up with a 200 yard incredible iron shot where he even flew the green it was it was great to watch and i i bet there are a bunch of uh you know 50 60 year old dads who are heading to the driving range today feeling uh you know renewed and vigorous about their golf games all right well look i i think without a doubt davis you hit it right there everyone taking a day off on monday to go play golf for sure Uh, Friday, he was in it. We left for the weekend, and he ended up capturing the PGA Championship, the oldest golfer to ever win a major. And that's where we begin with our headlines here on the show. As Phil takes home the title, the fans almost tackled him there on 18 as he was walking up. It was sort of an insane scene to see it happen. But no doubt, golf has been great in 2021. The majors have been great. And I'm guessing the last two tournaments, uh, Masters and uh, PGA Championship, are going to be the highest rated in a long time. We'll see what the U.S. Open does coming up in a few weeks. 
In Major League Baseball, they're streaking. The Rays have won 10 games in a row. The Padres have won nine games in a row, as long as Tatis is in that lineup. It looks like the Padres are the team to beat in the National League. Yeah, maybe even ahead of the Dodgers at this point. They're playing great. Trey Young, a huge fourth quarter, lifts the Hawks over the Knicks. It went right down to the wire at the Garden yesterday, and I think this is going to be a pretty good series. Campaign ejected Chris Paul injured in the Suns game one win. The Lakers did not look like the part, but the Suns came out with the victory. And the Predators, Avalanche, Bruins, and Jets all win in the Stanley Cup playoffs as we're coming down to the wire here at the end of the first round. Looks like the Avalanche are going to advance. I know Tampa Bay will play the Florida Panthers uh, this evening. And so hockey sorts, sort of gets real exciting, I think, after you get some of these first round uh, tournaments done with. And it looks like there's been some domination there. But in the NBA, Davis, I think the Lakers have to be feeling it a little bit. They lost, of course, to Phoenix, and that was a great game yesterday for sure, played by Atlanta and New York. I think that series probably has a six or seven in them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that Atlanta-New York series does look like it's going to be pretty competitive. I, I bet Atlanta uh, in that in that series, you know, basically thinking the, the market was definitely overrating the Knicks, and I, I think we saw – that was true a little bit because, and it, this is no disrespect to Julius Randle, no disrespect to Derrick Rose, but the Knicks just don't have any players as talented as Trey Young. Trey Young is the best player in that series by and large in the NBA playoffs, unless there is a, a huge gap. The team with the best player wins, right? That's just kind of that's just kind of the nature of the way that NBA playoff series works. Trey Young is the best player in that series. I I think the Lakers should be massively concerned because not only has Anthony Davis not looked right since returning from his Achilles injury, he really hasn't looked right all year. They don't have the kind of talent and depth to make up for that against the Suns. Like there, there was kind of just this narrative and this expectation for a large part of the season that whoever the Lakers ended up playing, you know, after Anthony Davis and LeBron James got hurt, it would be maybe a tough first round series, but they'd kind of just dispatch them. But I don't know, man. This this Suns team looks very good. And the weirdest thing that exists with the Lakers right now is they're playing 48 minutes of guys at center who shouldn't play, right? Anthony Davis should be their center, and they should be playing three wings with LeBron, and they're not doing it. And I I don't know if they can win playing 48 minutes of Drummond, Gasol, and Montrez Harrell. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It feels like that series also is going to be a long one. A lot of competitive NBA games, I, I would say, over the weekend for sure. Portland, uh, who plays tonight, looked really good in their first game. Uh, of course, people are worried about the Clippers one game into this thing. So that's where we're kind of at. We'll preview those games coming up in just a little bit. But coming up next is time for our fantasy standouts here on the show from the weekend. We'll touch on the NBA and also Major League Baseball. In addition, we've got a call-up in baseball today. A young rookie who struggled at the beginning of the season is back in Milwaukee. I'm sure if you follow baseball, you know who that is. And, uh, and also the first home run of the season for Christian Yelich. We'll hear from him next, too, on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
Welcome back to the show. Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. We're going to preview the NBA games against the spread coming up in about 10 minutes from now. If you're leaving us, you can check out our shows always on YouTube and on demand over on Sports Grid TV. Let's get to those fantasy standouts from last night. We'll touch on the NBA, then we'll hit on some baseball. Tobias Harris yesterday, 37 points, six rebounds, two assists, and two steals. Joel Embiid of the Sixers, no problem. 30 points, six rebounds, three assists, one block. Devin Booker was a big star yesterday. 34 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, and one steal. Trey Young, 32 points, seven rebounds, and 10 assists. And Dylan Brooks, 31 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, and two blocks. And uh, let's talk to our producer here, Brett Levy, as we bring him in to do some fantasy standouts. And of course, my co-host, Davis Maddock. Davis, uh, where do you want to start here with this? I, I feel like like just recapping kind of Saturdays and Sundays games, we saw a lot of close games, a lot of series feel like they're up in the air. I, I only came away with this weekend, honestly, maybe I'm wrong about this. I came away feeling like Brooklyn is going to uh, get through their first round very easily. But I didn't feel that way about the rest of the series. I'm kind of like, ah, you know, teams may win a game here or there. I mean, what were your thoughts just overall as we head here toward Monday night's games? Yeah, I agree with you that it looks like Brooklyn is pretty much just going to sleepwalk through that series because the the Celtics gave them everything they had. Robert Williams, the the young center for the Boston Celtics, had about as good of game as he could have had. Uh, I think he had eight blocks in that game. Jason Tatum played pretty well, and it, it just didn't matter. I mean, I, I think the Nets were down 11 at one point, and it just didn't even look like they were breaking a sweat. just kind of looked like they were going through the motions. Kevin Durant took a, a scary fall and then just you know bounced right back up. The 76ers series is pretty interesting because they didn't even get a good game from Ben Simmons. Um, they pretty much relied on Tobias Harris, who took 29 shots. In that game, Joel Embiid had uh, a solid game, but, you know, not an A-plus Joel Embiid game. And the Wizards gave it everything they had. Bradley Beal, 33 points. Westbrook, uh, no no triple-double for Westbrook. I I think that series is going to be over pretty quick. But I agree with you. It looks like Lakers-Suns is going to be competitive. Looks like Hawk-Knicks is going to be very competitive. I think Grizzlies-Jazz is going to be a wild mm-hmm. series. I mean, uh, D- Donovan Mitchell was ruled in, then ruled out. Reportedly, Donovan Mitchell is furious with team officials for not letting him play in that game. So I, that just seems like a lot of drama. And, you know, very rarely do we get really good 1-8 series. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, Brett, Brett, I'll ask you about that. Mitchell, you know, basically upset, I, I guess, that he didn't play. And, and you've been around the NBA for a long time. I mean, can Utah win this series without Mitchell playing? I mean, I mean, the Jazz did play okay with him being out of the lineup for a while. Do you think he has to play for them to win this series, even in the first round? Yeah, I think they need Donovan Mitchell to win this series. I think the Grizzlies are a good team. Uh, I think John Morant was being disrespected a lot this year, and especially down the stretch. Uh, teams were just letting him shoot open threes, and he wasn't shooting them very well. But to be honest, I think we all know he's a better player than what he showed at times during this year. I think he was battling a high ankle sprain a large majority of the year. He was also without Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot of the year. Um, And Dylan Brooks has emerged as a guy who can take some of the scoring load off of him. So I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a very dangerous team, Craig. And uh, I think Utah does need Donovan Mitchell. And it was a little surprising to me to see this report because obviously uh, a team is always going to look out for the player and long-term investments. But a lot of times, if the player really wants to play in a playoff game, he'll get his uh, he'll his way in that. So it was a little surprising to see for sure. Yeah, no doubt, and and I think a compelling series is on deck. Uh, Davis, back to the L.A. Clippers here for a minute because I know that they were the focus of the weekend, just kind of wondering what is going on with them. Um, look, I mean, when Kawhi Leonard signed with the Clippers, people made them automatically the favorite to win the NBA championship. They fell really short of that last year. And look, I'm not going to say here we go again. It's one game. But what do you make of the Clippers thus far? Oh, I'm I'm going to say here we go again because, uh, you know, I, I have all season not been big on the Mavericks. You know, um, Luka Doncic had a good year 
but not, you know, at at no point in the NBA season were we talking about Luka Doncic being an MVP. You know, he's not going to finish top five in the MVP voting. Um, Poor Zingas didn't have a particularly strong season either. Um, and, and they got huge performances in that game out of Tim Hardaway Jr., out of Dorian Finney-Smith, out of Jalen Brunson. And, uh, you know, I, I made this remark on Twitter over the weekend, but the Clippers brass made the decision to trade seven first-round picks in total to set up this team. A large majority of them went to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They also gave away Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who is their best young player. And Kawhi Leonard can leave after this season, right? Kawhi Leonard can just opt out, say, I'm gone. And Paul George opted into another year of his contract. But you best believe that if Kawhi leaves, Paul George is going to be making some phone calls saying, look, I I think I got to get out of here. And so I I don't want to play. You better trade me. So if I, I can, I mean, if they lose this series to the Mavericks, which definitely looks uh, precarious to say the least, I think we'll see some huge landscape changes around the NBA. And, and you know, the big problem is Kawhi and Paul George combined only made 17 shots despite taking over half of the team shots. I mean, you, you need your superstars to be making shots like that, that. That sounds very reductive, Craig, but it's true. If your best players are not making shots, you can't win games, and this is now the, the second year in a row of the Clippers in the playoffs of these guys not making shots. Yeah, and then on top of it, you're right. I mean, we're not there yet, and maybe we're jumping the gun, but if the Clippers do lose, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is one of the big mysteries just in general as to what his plan mm-hmm. is and what he's going to do. I mean, nobody had him going to the Clippers when he went to the Clippers, so it's like who know, who knows what will be up there. All right, uh, let's touch on our, our uh, fantasy standouts from Major League Baseball. Nobody hotter in baseball right now than Austin Riley. After a rough April, he has just – Torn the cover off the ball in May. I believe he leads Major League Baseball now in OPS. Tatis Jr. back, two home runs, a grand slam, six RBIs. Christian Yelich hit his first home run of the season and also drove in two runs, two runs scored. Yu Darvish, as always, pretty good for the Padres. Seven innings pitch, one and run. Five strikeouts, seven hits, picks up the win. And uh, Julio Urias of the Dodgers really didn't have to do anything because Anthony DiSclefani gave up 10 earned runs. So Urias went six, struck out 10. And picked up the win. But a top 10 pick in every fantasy draft was without a doubt used on Christian Yelich of the Milwaukee Brewers. It has been a really rough go of it if he was your first round pick. And Yelich talked about yesterday being back and just how difficult it was being out. That's that's a big part of the battle just to be able to go and be out there. Um, you know, it's really hard to play baseball when you got to start and stop and take six week breaks and try and start up again and just have to sit and watch and not be able to, to contribute. And, um, you know, it sucked, frankly, it hasn't been, um, a great time, but hopefully that's behind us and can continue to be out there, um, you know, more regularly and, um, try and help contribute to this team. It's been tough, uh, Davis, you draft Yelich right now. You're like, okay, good. But it's like listening to some of the comments, it's almost like precarious thinking, oh my gosh, like what happens if he get hurt again? Uh, Keston Hura was recalled, Davis, also by the Brewers. He was a pretty high pick for a lot of people, maybe a, a one through seven draft uh, round pick. But Hura is back. Um, and also we'll keep an eye, Davis, on the Rays today as they go for 11 in a row. They play in about 30 minutes from now. Yeah, the Rays have a big game against the Blue Jays, obviously, uh, you know, a a big divisional competition there. And the Rays are getting it done without Yoshi Sutsugo in the lineup, replacing him with uh, G-Man Choi, who G-Man Choi is so underrated for fantasy. I know he was out there on a lot of waiver wires. I mean, he he is raking already coming up. So if he's out there in your league, I would definitely put in a small claim on G-Man Choi. Yeah, and today, by the way, is the final game maybe ever major league baseball game we hope ever uh in dunedin as they leave today they wrap up in florida and they go to buffalo starting in june all right we'll take a quick time out here on fantasy sports today our preview the nba games against the spreads coming up next stay on the grid Your heart's racing. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid. Craig Mish along with Davis Maddock. We've got a best ball NFL fantasy football preview coming up in hour number two of the show. Good to be with you here on this Monday. Uh, okay, so uh, Davis, this weekend we had a lot going on here in South Florida on top of things that I do with my family. We had the Panthers playing in their Stanley Cup playoff game. We have the Marlins. Of course, you know I'm watching them and covering them every single day. And we have the Miami Heat playing in their playoff game and they took on the Milwaukee Bucks this weekend and before we get to uh, tonight's game uh, I can actually share my thoughts this is one game that I definitely watch from start to finish so I feel like I should at least weigh in on something here uh, so Dave is my opinion of this I'd love yours of course maybe if, if I'm seeing it the right way you'll tell me my opinion is this looks exactly like last year it doesn't look any different to me uh, it looks to me like like Giannis once again, is going to be the key to the series. And once again, this dude is missing free throws and big shots at the end of the game. I think Milwaukee was really lucky to get that first win. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't. That was probably the worst ending of a game for Jimmy Butler I've seen since he's been with the Heat. And I could see this series turning very quickly. And maybe I'm jaded or maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like the Bucks were really fortunate to win game one. And it wouldn't stun me at all if the Heat like won four games in a row coming up and won this series. And that's not what I predicted. I thought Milwaukee had a great shot maybe even to win the East. That I just was not impressed after watching them. Well, the Bucks were clearly extremely fortunate to win that game. They made five three-pointers in the entire duration of that game. The Miami Heat made 20. 20 to 5 discrepancy. Uh, Miami made 40% of their three-point shots. Milwaukee made 16% of their three-point shots. However, the fact that the Bucks were able to steal that game despite only making five threes, I, I think is actually probably a pretty bad sign for the Heat because uh, Duncan Robinson had a phenomenal game, made seven of his threes. Goran Dragic made five threes off the bench. Tauter Hierro made two threes off the bench. Um, you know, Giannis didn't make a single three. Drew Holiday didn't make a single three. I, I can't see that continuing. I, I think probably the adjustment that the Bucks are going to make after game one, they are going to remove Giannis as the primary ball handler. Uh, Gian, Giannis was running a ton of pick and rolls in the second half. I think that Drew Holiday's offensive involvement in this game is going to, or uh, in this series, is going to increase as it goes on. Because, you know, it, it's a it's a bad spot for Giannis because Bam is such a great defender on him. And Jimmy Butler also did a pretty good job on Giannis when they were matched up as well. Whereas the defenders that they have to throw at Drew and at Middleton, you know, that's like Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Goran Dragic, Trevor Ariza. Those guys are not as strong on defense. Um, but I, I, I do feel like if that shooting gap goes, you know, both teams shoot 30, 35%. Uh, from three or something like that, I, I think the Bucks are are going to pull away. Though Jimmy Jimmy didn't have a great game, but Craig he absolutely cooked Giannis on that last possession yes, to uh, to play. send the game yeah. overtime. I mean, for Giannis, you know, Defensive Player of the Year candidate, MVP candidate to get 
to get baked that hard on the last possession of a game. I, I thought that was pretty, pretty bad, for be honest. All right, so let's look at tonight's game. The Bucks are minus four and a half in game two, and the total is 222 and a half. It sounds like, Davis, you're going to lean Milwaukee. Uh, I am not. I am going to take the points here with the Heat. I don't know if they win the game. But, I, I mean, look, I mean, I, I just don't see it the same way. I, I, again, I was not impressed with the Bucks. Bucks could definitely still win the series, and it wouldn't shock me to see Miami lose a game at home. But I'm going to take the points tonight, plus four and a half. I'm, I'm actually with you. So everything I just said, four and a half points feels like a lot because I, I, these teams are so evenly matched. You know, I, I think we could see a six, seven game series here. Um, you know, now if, the if the heat have a bad shooting game i i think they'll get ran out of the building but the miami heat have a lot of great shooters right robinson hero Drogic, butler all these guys are really good shooters so i will i will also be with you and take the four and a half points okay now now some really compelling basketball was played on saturday night i watched this one too portland at denver why did i watch carmelo anthony that's the guy that i'm watching in this series the Nuggets booed him at the, in the first quarter, and Davis, I think he had like 15 points at the half, and Portland looked like the better team in that game, and that's why I think the line is telling you there has to be some concern for the Denver Nuggets. You got to make them favorite. I get it. They're minus one and a half in the game. It's the way it should be, but the line tells you that Portland is the better team. The total is 227 and a half. Your guy Jokic wins the MVP. Can he carry them, Davis? Will they, will they be able to win this series? You know, this is a very hard series for me to talk about because you know, um, and the listeners know, I, I've been very captivated by this Denver team. I was, you know, betting on Jokic, talking about Jokic in our DFS segments all the time. And I I just don't think they have the firepower to get it done. Uh, I saw a great tweet from our friend Matt Moore. Uh, he works at the Action Network. And, and he, he had a tweet displaying the first time that the three guards who played in this game for the Nuggets got over 15 minutes a game. So one, it was Compazzo, who was like game 12. Then it was uh, Austin Rivers, game 64. Mm-hmm. And then it was Marcus Howard, game 70. So they are they are just playing their, their backup backup guards. They're, I mean, Marcus Howard is, is, was their sixth guard coming into the season and is now playing major playoff minutes. Monty Morris is on a minute limit because he just came back from injury, you know, huge minutes for Michael Porter Jr., huge minutes for Jokic and Capazzo and Rivers. I I just feel like the Blazers are a, are a better team. You know, they they have they have Nurk back healthy now. Damian Lillard, I mean, was phenomenal in this game. Uh, Thirty four points on twenty five shots, thirteen assists, and I don't know. I just I it's and also because Nurk is probably one of the best defenders on Jokic in the NBA. Uh, Jokic had one assist in game one, Craig. And I, and I think a huge reason for that, and I try not to go big into these narratives because I, I find that you can trick yourself pretty easily, but you know who Jokic practiced against every single day for two years when he was coming to the NBA and learning how to beat Nikola Jokic? It was Nurkic. Uh, you know, Nurk and, and Jokic were teammates. They ended up trading Nurk away because they chose to have Jokic as their center. But I, I would say no one knows how to defend Nikola Jokic better than Yusuf Nurkic. Yeah, well, it's a it's a solid reasoning for this, and and again, I don't know who wins tonight, but I I do think Portland's going to win this series. Okay, let's go over to some Major League Baseball. It is a short slate, so when we talk about DFS tonight, not a ton of great options, but one of the more interesting games is the interleague game because you don't see this matchup all that often. The Cardinals are traveling to the Windy City to take on the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox are a huge favorite in this game, minus one eighty four. If you take St. Louis, your $100 bet will get you back plus 154. And Davis, the total is eight and a half in this game. Kwang Young Kim has been solid. Doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but goes pretty deep in the games. Five, six innings. Then they put in those bullpen guys for St. Louis and they win. White Sox offense is obviously extremely dangerous. On any given night, they could put a 10 spot up. And uh, it's, it's a good game, I think, here. Uh, St. Louis doesn't really, Davis, I don't think the Cardinals have like that extra hitter that you throw at DH tonight that, that would put them over the top. Maybe that's why the White Sox are just such a big favorite in this game tonight. What do you, what do you think about this one? Well, you are a hundred percent right about the Cardinals. You know, I imagine that the guy they throw in DH tonight is just going to be 
one of their extra outfielders. It'll probably be like Tyler O'Neill uh, will probably play DH or, or something like that. Uh, you know, uh, Paul DeYoung is on the on the IL, and they they are you know the bottom half of the Cardinals order is just really not that great. Now the top four is really strong, uh, though though Dylan Carlson, uh, I, I he's either been out of the lineup for the last couple of days or on the IL, so it's hard to keep track of everything. Uh, that being said, I'm not betting the White Sox here. I, if I was going to bet one of these two teams on the money line, it would be the White Sox. But I'm just going to leverage what I anticipate happening here by taking the over in this game. I think KHK is going to have a really difficult time against this White Sox lineup because the White Sox are basically the best team against left-handed starting pitching in baseball. They also have a couple guys who are really good lefty hitters but struggle with strikeouts. So Moncada struggles with strikeouts. Mercedes struggles with strikeouts. Um, you know, I, I think they will probably run out, you know, basically the, you know, an eight, an eight right-handed lineup tonight against KH Kim. I mean, it just, it just feels like a really difficult spot for KH Kim. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to leverage what I expect to happen by taking the over here. Also worth noting, it's getting hot. It's getting humid, 88 degrees here in the Midwest today. Not sure uh, the wind direction up there in Chicago, but I, I definitely know that uh, the ball is going to start flying here as we get into the summer. All right. One uh, quick NFL note before we break, and then we'll do a little DFS on uh, Fox uh, shows Undisputed. Davis, it looked like uh, Shannon Sharp had uh, Julio Jones on the phone and, and Julio Jones saying that he no longer wanted to play in, uh, in Atlanta. And uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeting out they're looking for a first-round pick. We touched on Julio Jones last week. Julio Jones at this stage of his career can't be a, worth a first-round pick, but do you still share that same sentiment, or is this the, the burned bridge after today? Uh, I feel like the bridge was probably already burned. If he was willing to hop on the phone with, like, you know, I'm sure Julio and Shannon are, like, buds, but, you know, I don't know – I don't know if they're like best friends. And if you're willing to get on a, a phone conversation with someone you know is a media pundit, and, and it did seem like Julio didn't know he was on live TV, which is not great on uh, on on Shannon's part. But I, I feel like that bridge probably has already been burned. Yeah. All right. So maybe a trade coming up too. Still wondering about Aaron Rodgers, who according to some reports today say he's not at the Packers OTAs. So that compelling story continues as well. We got to help you out. In DFS, coming up next, we're going to go through our daily fantasy options over on FanDuel. So make sure you stay with us on the grid. We'll have it for you next. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Show. David normally has his work cut out for him with 30 teams playing in Major League Baseball on any given day. But the league is now kind of back to where they were, I would say, Davis, a couple of years ago, Mondays and Thursdays. Uh, plenty of teams are getting days off. And by the way, a week from today, Memorial Day, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, almost every team is going to play. 
So maybe that's why there are some off days kind of baked into Monday and Thursday. Let's take a look at our slate for tonight and take a look, Davis, at the starting pitcher choices that you are favoring. Lance Lynn of the White Sox, who we just discussed against the Cardinals, is 10,000. Blake Snell at 9,300 for the Padres. Frankie Montas of Oakland at 8,400. And the Mets are having all kinds of problems scoring, but the pitching's been pretty good. He is priced at 8000 tonight. So let's go through pitching here on tonight's Monday DFS late on FanDuel. Yeah, so Brandon Woodruff did not make our list today. Uh, he is the highest priced starting pitcher of the slate, but I, I just am really not a fan of this matchup against the Padres. They are, I just don't think I'd want to pitch anyone. I, I don't know if I'd want to take, you know, DeGrom against the Padres. At this point, it just feels like they are hitting the ball uh, too well. So Lance Lynn, uh, you know what you're getting out of him. You know, six, seven innings, he is going to generate strikeouts. He is really not, he just really doesn't seem like a threat to get blown up. Now, he uh, is going gonna, is gonna to face a, a Cardinals lineup that does not strike out a ton. So that's why he's not our, our top, top starting pitcher of the day, but clearly uh, a great option. Blake Snell had a great start last time out. He gets a decent matchup against the Milwaukee Brewers. Loads of strikeouts in that lineup. Uh, I think Keston Hiura is going to be back up today. I, I did see that he got called back up. Not sure if he'll be in the lineup today. Uh, you know, yeah, Yelich hitting the home runs. Definitely he does make them a little bit better when he is off the IL. But Snell at 9,300, we really like. Frankie Montas against Seattle is actually our highest projected starting pitcher mm. today. That that Mariners lineup, I mean, they outside of Hanager. And, and I guess Kelnick has been okay as well, but certainly not, you know, the fully finished product there. They really have been so bad. And then David Peterson, probably my, my biggest hack in fantasy baseball is the Rockies, the first game, once they are out of course, they are so bad. If you just go look at historically what they've done that first game after they leave Colorado, it's like they are a double A team. So I, I think David Peterson is super sneaky tonight on FanDuel. All right. I like that analysis. Let's go to first base here. Jose Abreu of the White Sox. It's uh, Abreu against Kim, 3,700 there. Miguel Sano, much better lately at 2,800. CJ Crone has been excellent for the Rockies after a tough start. He's on the road tonight, 2,800. And hey, Jay Cronenworth, when he's in that Padres lineup, very solid, 2,700 today. He had a really nice weekend as well, Davis. So let's, uh, let's talk about first base. Didn't realize Cronenworth qualified at first base. Yeah, uh, Cronenworth qualifies at a bunch of different spots. On uh, on FanDuel, I believe he is first base, second base. In the NFBC, I think you can play him first base, second base, and outfield. So he, he's been, uh, you know, he's just been a fantastic option uh, for people who took him and didn't worry about the plate appearances for him this year. Obviously, Jose Abreu going to be our, our top option here in uh, at home against a left-handed starting pitcher who can't uh, who can't get strikeouts. Miguel Sano, we we mentioned this last week when we had Brett on for fantasy standouts. You know, Sano kept hitting home runs, improving his batting average, and no one was talking about him just because, you know, there were other guys who were, you know, Nolan Arenado had the home run streak, but Sano has uh, really turned his game around. And I think the – I'm thinking that tw- the Twins might be kind of sneaky here because Means has been so good this season, but – Left-handed starting pitcher who does nothing but throw strikes. Uh, that, to me, that feels, you know, kind of like a, a bad recipe against the Minnesota Twins. And then C.J. Crone, basically, uh, they, tell me if you if you agree with this line of thinking. Crone hasn't played enough games in cores to have his swing messed up. He's played like 14 games in cores in his career. So I, I feel like the the leaving cores is not going to mess him up as much as it would, you know, Ryan McMahon or whatever. And Crone is so good against right-handed starting pitching. So I, that was uh, that was the reasoning behind throwing him on there. Look, it, it sounds right. And also, if you just take a look at his May stats, you would say, I, mean, I know he's on the injured list a little bit. You would say that he's about to do exactly what we thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season. They're not even playing Adams anymore. So I, I think that there's a shot. Okay, over to second base, Tommy Edmond, always a solid play at 2,800. It was a quiet weekend for VR in Miami. He is 28. Cesar Hernandez is 27. And Nico Goodrum, uh, always a threat, Davis, not only to get a couple hits, but also to steal a couple of bases. He's on pace for about 20, 30 steals this season. So his uh, his numbers overall aren't great, but in fantasy and, and, of course, playing DFS, the guy gets two hits and steals a base, puts you in contention. 
Yeah, well, Nico is kind of your classic bad real life player. Good, well, well, bad real life is probably a little bit much because he's an amazing defender and he's a switch hitter and he can play any infield position. But he's not a he's not a great real life hitter. But he is awesome for fantasy because he's got a little bit of pop, always has a platoon advantage, and does steal some bases. Edmund, uh, I don't think is going to be that popular against Lance Lynn. I I just love Tommy Edmund. He's just he's your classic glue guy. And then of course Jonathan VR, you know, as long as the the Mets remained this banged up, you know, I I don't even really care who VR is going against. Honestly, I just feel like because you know we're not even that far removed from Jonathan VR being like a second round pick in fantasy because that is just the type of guy he is. Home runs, stolen bases, not a great batting average, going to strike out, but you you know what you're paying for with VR. Yeah. I, I don't know if you caught this over the weekend. I'm sure Brett did because we were texting a little bit, but VR got picked off third base Davis this weekend. That's uh, the VR show that you get this weekend. But again, he, if you keep using him in DFS, the next three nights, one of the nights, he's going to reward you. That's that's pretty much the drill there. It's like a blind bet. You just keep doing it, and eventually he comes through. Okay, now over the third base, Jose Ramirez at 4,000. It looks like we're going to spend up here a little bit. Yohan Moncada, 3,200. Kyle Seeger, 3,000. Josh Donaldson of the Twins at 3,700. Interesting that you're starting to hear, Davis, a little bit about with Maeda going, at, going down. You're starting to hear about the Twins – in a week or two, reevaluating this whole thing because they're falling so far back and maybe Donaldson uh, on the move, maybe potentially being traded. We'll see about that. But uh, he's tonight is at 3,700. Yeah, well, they, I mean, they do need to trade Josh Donaldson because ideally, Williams Estudio would be getting everyday plate appearances for them. Kirloff would be getting everyday plate appearances. Larnack would be getting everyday plate appearances because I, I think that, with their plan for pitching this year, the Twins are like they they had a plan. The plan's not going to work. They're not going to win the division. No. So I I think it's really that simple. Uh, Jose Ramirez, yeah, easily easily our top option here today. I mean, I think he's going to be the best guy by a point or two. Donaldson against left-handed pitching does remain a great option. I'm I'm big on the White Sox today against KH Kim. I think they are probably my favorite stack. And then I was I was mocking the Mariners offense earlier. I guess I should have. Remember to include Kyle Seager, who always has respectable numbers against right-handed starting pitching. And because I think so many people are going to be using Montas, uh, I don't imagine we'll see very much ownership on Kyle Seager at all. Okay, and uh, over to shortstop we go and look at Davis's top options there tonight. Trevor Story of the Rockies at 3,700. Davis is going to continue to bang his head against the wall and play Lindor tonight at 2,900. Tim Anderson at 3,400 of the White Sox. And then Willie Adamas, new location. He was traded over the weekend from Tampa Bay to Milwaukee as the Brewers have just gotten zero production from the middle infield. So let's talk about shortstop. Yeah, I mean, come on. $2,900 Lindor. Twenty. I mean, against Austin Gomber, who, I mean, who's like, uh, you know, kind of fine, right? Like, he is... But come on, 2,900, this is, this guy signed to the Tatis contract. This guy was, uh, you know, one of the the faces of baseball. He was, he was the the diamond, uh, the crown jewel free agency acquisition of the offseason. I I just don't, I just don't understand. And then Story, I mean, yeah, he's out of cores, but Trevor Story is, uh, Trevor Story is the best fantasy player at shortstop on this slate. Tim Anderson, uh, our highest projected shortstop of the slate. And then Willie Adamas. Um, I, I believe the Brewers traded for him to give him everyday plate appearances. Um, they should give him a decent lineup spot. I think he's going to vacillate between batting second and batting sixth for them, kind of just depending on how their management feels that day. And uh, yeah, I mean, we always we always need some cheap guys to get into these lineups so we can stack up, you know, other expensive offenses. So going with him today. All right, and then let's uh, let's close it out in the outfield a little bit. You've talked about the Twins, so Nelson Cruz at thirty five hundred, Mark Canha of Oakland thirty three hundred, Alex Kirilov came off the injured list this week, looked great until yesterday. I think he went zero for five with four Ks or something insane. Uh, Cedric Mullins is at twenty six hundred, and uh, Jared Kelenic came up, a lot of fanfare, second game, hit a home run, but since then, Davis just haven't heard a lot about him because he hasn't done much. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think it's coming for Kelnick. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, just a, a great 
strategy uh, in in life, but also in fantasy is, uh, you know, buy when other people are not wanting to buy, especially when Mm -hmm. you believe in the underlying asset. I definitely believe in the underlying asset of Jared Kelnick. So when he's 2,500 and he's 3% owned, I will be uh, definitely taking stances there. Cruz and Karoloff, I mean, the, the Twins... The Twins are just set up in a spot to hit a bunch of home runs tonight. Means gives up the home runs even in starts where he gets through six innings. You know, Means is kind of the classic, uh, kind of like Scherzer, where, you know, Scherzer might get you seven innings and eight Ks, but he might have given up four home runs in the process. So I think Cruz and Karoloff both look good there. I, I don't think Max Kepler is going to play tonight against the lefty. He also got banged up yesterday. But if, if Kepler is in the lineup, he is like the the mega sneaky twin because, you know, People don't roster batters lefty on lefty. Canhoff right. uh, actually is our, our second highest projected uh, batter today against Yusei Kikuchi. He's been really strong and has great career numbers against left-handed starting pitching. And then Cedric Mullins, the, uh, the Baltimore Orioles are always sneaky for DFS. No one likes them. Everyone thinks they, everyone thinks they suck. You're going to get them at, at 1% uh, you know, cumulative stack ownership tonight. But Shoemaker... He, he might be the worst pitcher on this slate, actually. Like, in terms of, of skill level, I actually think Matt Shoemaker might be the worst starting pitcher on the slate. So Mullins, Mountcastle, Mancini, Franco, Freddie Galvez, all these guys, I think, are, are all really interesting, both stack fillers and, and stack options themselves. Real quick, uh, you, you mentioned a lot of baseball. We Of course, we have some tonight. We had baseball. We had basketball. We had hockey we had the PGA Championship. There are some people, Davis, that thought this past weekend was the best sports watching television weekend in over a year. I don't know if you felt like that was the case. I felt myself watching a lot more this weekend than anything else. Was that going too far, or do you think we were there? That would basically say that college and pro football of late last year got trumped by this this weekend. Well, you know, ideally – you want to have multiple things going on like a, a, a weekend where you get distracted from, from pro football by like the golf event or by whatever else is going on. Like that just feels, that just feels too chaotic. So I, I think that your, your qualifications for best weekend have to be a, a golf major has to be involved and multiple sports of playoffs have to be going on. So I, I think it's pretty close because the way the golf schedule works out, you don't get coinciding major championships right. and and playoffs all that often so i so i think that uh I, yeah i i think it might have been the best yeah it could have been especially with crowds being back that was really great to see for sure okay we'll come back and wrap up our first hour of our show here on sports Grid fantasy sports today we'll hear from dave martinez the manager of the washington nationals you may have missed this over the weekend but juan soto on a little pop-up didn't run dave martinez took exception to that we'll hear from him next Stay on the grid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. (laughs) 
And welcome back. Over the weekend, always fun to watch all sports as we've been talking about here on the show. But in particular, for me, a lot of baseball watching, of course. Mets and Marlins was able to go to Friday night's game, Saturday's game. Took a day off yesterday. Not sure about tonight yet, but going to go catch the Marlins, take on the Phillies for sure this week in Miami. Well, one team over the weekend, uh, the Washington Nationals made some news, playing better baseball for sure, it looks like. But yesterday, in case you missed it in the game uh, on Sunday, Juan Soto, a little pop-up, he hit right behind the plate, ended up going fair, and the ball bounced fair, and he clearly would have been safe at first base, but uh, didn't run toward first base, and that basically cost the Nationals an out. And Dave Martinez, the manager of the Nationals, talked about that after the game yesterday. I already talked to him about it, It's and I told him it's embarrassing um, for the whole club. He understands that, um, and, I, and I made him apologize to the team, and I told him it, it doesn't happen again, and he understands that as well. We saw this, Davis, a couple of years ago with Ronald Acuna Jr., where the manager had to pull him out of a game, and, and no one is really safe from this. You know, Juan Soto, I guess, is probably considered, I don't know if you feel this way, but right up there with the best players in the game. He may not be number one or number two, but he's number three if he's not. And so, yeah, I mean, look, this is kind of what the managers have to do is sort of police their team. Yeah, I mean, nothing gets the baseball boomers more jazzed up than a young player not running to first base, right? Like, I remember this happening with Bryce Harper. You know, it's just, this is this is just like a catnip for like 65-year-old baseball fans as a young stud player you know, not running to first base when they when they could have been safe or when they should have. Like it, it, it never is going to get me riled up. But it is like it always becomes a story when a young good player doesn't run to first base when they're supposed to. Yeah. Well, it did happen yesterday. We'll see if it happens again. As Juan Soto to me, uh, I don't know. I mean, I got him in my top five players in the game without a doubt. All right, coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today, we have Chris with the headlines at the top of the hour. We've got our best ball previews continuing in the NFL. More Fantasy Sports Today is on deck. Stay on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 